2: I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Paige Dorian, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast.
0: Ethan Saplee, thank you for having me. Can I actually bring something up real quick before we get started? Sure. On a recent episode, someone asked you... Is that your wife or um, who's that with you sometimes on the podcast? J-Cal. And you described me as a girl who listens sometimes and says, hey, you know, you said this thing you shouldn't have said. And yeah, she's here in place of my wife. It felt confused. I, mean, I described you listener. as
2: my wife's proxy.
0: Yeah, but...
2: is that? Are you saying you're
0: not my wife's I, proxy? I am, but you said... She's a girl who listens sometimes and, you know, no,
2: you produce the show. Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) I did. I wasn't clear. You listen always. Yes. You make notes, you make edits, you tell me. And more importantly, you tell on me when I've said something that is way too inappropriate. It's going to get me in trouble, not only with society, but most importantly, with my wife, that feels therefore you're my wife's proxy. I, like I didn't mean to demean you by saying that, Paige. I'm so sorry.
0: I know you didn't. I didn't take it as demeaning. I just took it as like if I were a new listener, I'd be like, who's the girl who sometimes says stuff? That's all. No, you know? I just
2: mostly meant you're not on every episode, which right. you should be, but eh. you can't. And but you are acting as God over every episode. That's oh, something. I like that.
0: Oh, that's a great way to say it. Yes, I am one of the producers of the show, and I am glad to be a part of this team and be your wife's proxy
2: well geez Paige I didn't mean to demean you or lessen you or not give you the title of god of the show
0: I didn't take it that way I just it just seems like you did (laughs) seems like you
2: actually did and that's fine I'm now trying to be responsible for you having taken it that way and going that wasn't my intention and I can utterly see how it came off that way um
0: yes it's It's okay. Okay, Good. I won't ever do that again. I probably could have brought this up before we hit record. It's cool. Um, Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Okay. So uh,
2: Christmas has happened. Yes. And it could be devastating for some people, or it could be uh, motivating for some people, or Mm -hmm. it could be, you know, this weird. covid christmas that's depressing and like you didn't see anybody and didn't do all your old traditions from way back in 2019 and prior but i think it's a it's an important thing to think about and talk about hopefully people made it through without damaging themselves too much Hopefully people made it through treating themselves well and being kind to themselves. And if being kind to yourself means that you ate Christmas dinner with your family and didn't guilt trip yourself, that's great. Mm -hmm. And if being kind to yourself means that when your wife has planned for you a pancake breakfast and a champagne brunch and a Christmas Eve dinner, and a Christmas morning X, and a Christmas mid-afternoon thing. And then, you know, you you maybe have to think about that. Maybe being kind to yourself is going at the the pancake breakfast, I'm going to eat some egg whites. And at the champagne brunch, I'm going to drink some water. And at the Christmas Eve dinner, I'm going to have a a regular-sized plate of food. And I'm not going to be Uh, a non-participant in other social activities because I've overeaten all day and and I'm grouchy now because I've fluctuated my blood sugar so insanely that it's as though I have a hangover from all this crazy food that I've put in my body. That's a version of being kind to yourself too, right?
0: A hundred percent. And you said that recently, and I've been really trying to keep that in mind. I think it's so important being kind to yourself and not getting too down on yourself for either thing because yeah, like letting someone guilt you into deviating from what you want to do or having like weirdly encouraging you to make bad choices.
2: Yeah. I think there there are a lot of people that get off on that a little bit, you know, I think it's also partially this idea that Many people are actively making choices for themselves that they know to be incorrect or to go against what they have deemed to be the most positive course. And then if they're alone doing this, it feels crappier than if they have a whole group of people who are like minded, who are all going like, no, this is what you do you damage your body, you fatten your liver, you know?
0: Yeah, you taste every piece of candy in the C's candy box. Yeah, you don't have to do that. No, you don't. So what if you find yourself at this point in the year, as we are, you know, all do, and if you're a person who wants to get on a new diet or get that exercise going again or something, right? Let's say you're looking forward from this point, right after Christmas to it's New Year's, I'm about to... Uh, It's that time. I got to make a decision. I got to make a plan. What if you don't? You're like, there's anxiety that comes with that, I think, sometimes. Right. So how do you conquer that and really focus in and like get your ducks in a row? Like, how do you do that?
2: I like to sit down and really look at a big picture because a lot of the times and a lot of resolutions for me have been got to lose weight right? And got to lose weight became when I finally had some long-term success with weight loss. I realized that got to lose weight is a statistic or a metric with which to gauge an overall goal or an overall plan, right? But it's not the goal in and of itself. I think I had a lot of failures and did a lot of yo-yoing because the goal was just lose weight, which isn't super difficult, It's kind of an easy thing to do on any dietary plan. You're going to see some weight loss. And then if you hold on to this difficult thing really hard, like a white knuckling the roller coaster, right? And, And you get through it and then you've lost weight. And then you wake up and go like, well, I did that. I don't have to do that anymore. And then you haven't addressed any of the things that got you into the predicament you were in to need to lose weight. So for me, I'm looking at my life and like, what do I want out of life? And part of it is being more active with my children. And part of it is being in less pain physically and mentally. And what are the aspects of my physical body that cause me these pains? And how do I deal with that? And what do I want my body to look like? Like, what is my ideal there? And and what kind of physical output do I want for my body? And so in thinking on those very broad terms, then I come real small and go like, what's step one, right? Because it can be overwhelming to think about the whole thing in one go. And so what, what is step one? And for me, step one typically will be January 1st or the Monday following January 1st, which I think is a third, January 3rd, maybe. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do on that day? What am I going to begin doing? right? And then it's what do I need to do before so that I can have success on that day going forward? Do I need to do meal prep on Sunday the 2nd? Or Mm -hmm. if I'm really starting on the 1st, which is a Friday? Uh,
0: It's actually Saturday would be the 1st.
2: Okay. So if I'm starting on Saturday, do I need to do meal prep on Friday, the 31st? What does all that mean? And what does all that look like? And how do I Am I going to start going to the gym? Is it an exercise routine I'm going to start? Am I doing whole 30? Am I doing 75 hard? You know, there's those different things that you can do. But if you're planning on doing it on the first, if the first has some significance for you, and it could be the third because Monday has more significance than Saturday or or whatever these things that we tell ourselves matter which, in my opinion, matter only because we believe they matter, uh, utterly subjective. But because we believe they matter, then they really matter. And so we got to put some weight into that. Am I better at starting a program on a Monday? Am I better at starting a program on the first? Which one's going to work better for my life? What? What? Where am I going to be on the first? Am I going to have stayed up late? And am I going to be ready? You know, and then what are all the tools I need? Do I need to weigh my food? Do I need to buy little Tupperware kits to package my stuff? Do I need to buy chicken breast versus chicken thighs? Or do I need to buy chicken thighs? Am I doing keto? Do I need to increase my olive oil? Like what's all the stuff you need to accomplish that?
0: So sit down with yourself in advance of the first in advance of the couple days leading up to the first, like right about now is a great time to go. Okay. Step one. What do I need?
2: Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yeah. Christmas has happened. Mm -hmm. We have one more hurdle to get over. And I don't even really associate New Year's with binge eating. Mm. However, you and my wife, have started this tradition where we do make it about binge eating somehow. You guys are importing shit from Chicago.
0: Well, I don't think to- binge, e- I think binge eating is a bit of a stretch, but yes, we did make it a thing and we ordered some specific Chicago food and made a special drink and whatever, maybe the last couple of years.
2: Yeah. All, all I know is I'm ready to go to sleep and you guys are making hot beef sandwiches that are flown in from Chicago at one o'clock in the morning. And I, and I don't know what's happening. Like I'm, I'm completely perplexed by the scene that I'm seeing. There's <laughs> drunkenness, there's glasses are breaking. And so like, I, I I realized that, Oh, we're teenagers again or something. You know what I mean? And <laughs> and instead of going to the Taco Bell drive through we've now imported uh, an excess of food from another state, which I, uh, you know, I heard her, she was talking about pepperoni rolls from west virginia like <laughs> suddenly there's this interest in like really obscure regional foods and like she goes like the coal miners used to make these pepperoni rolls and they'd take them down into the coal mines and there would and they would feed them and doesn't that sound delicious so let's do that and i'm going like why are we turning new year's into a fucking gluttony debauchery like we're adults you know
0: I know I do want to say in your wife's defense, not too long ago, when discussing what would we eat on New Year's, we kind of talked about like, "Eh, does it have to be this very decadent? Like, do we need a Chicago hot dog? Can we just have like a normal, nice meal? So a crudite plate. Okay. And some sparkling water. Like,
2: what's wrong with that?
0: I would suggest that you're correct and because i'm personally trying to ramp into a stricter beginning of the year then um i think you have a good point and it doesn't need to be debaucherous no dude i don't want to i don't want to do that i actually cannot do that. i
2: don't want to rain diarrhea down you're, upon your parade okay you're, like you're whatever not. you guys are Whatever joy you guys have in creating some fun event for us as old people who aren't going to a nightclub, please do it. If you import hot dogs from Chicago, I'm going to eat a hot dog. If you, you know, like, that's fine. I don't have to eat six. I don't know why you have to get six for each person who's attending. I I don't know if that's like a rule.
0: It's not. And I'm not doing what you guys do. I feel like this has really taken
2: a turn. Well, it's a turn that we need to discuss.
0: All I want is to be together because we couldn't be together over Christmas due to some COVID stuff. Um, in my household, not me personally. Way to go, um, Page. My poor husband who has been relegated to one corner of the house. Um, so I just want us to all be negative and spend some time together. And I'm happy to do it with healthy food and also like a 9 p.m. Like, let's do an East Coast New Year's, even though we're on the West Coast. We don't have to stay up late. I'm tired.
2: No, I mean, what are we waiting for the gunshots to start in Los Angeles? Like, that's the only difference between nine and midnight here is people start
0: shooting firearms into the air. It's true. It's true. So New Year's Eve doesn't need to be. okay. yeah, we got sidetracked. We got sidetracked. But you, you were starting to say, like, okay, we've passed through this Christmas food decadence, which can occur. And now we're ramping up. But maybe got people, one more
2: hurdle. Maybe other people don't do that on New Year's. And so I've just projected my life issues onto them. And if that's the case, I apologize. It's not always been what I associated with New Year's. I, no, it, I associated it drunkenness drinking, in my youth. Yeah. Then I stopped drinking. And there was a period where it was just like, now we have to stay up later than I'd rather stay up. And that's what I associated it with. And then recently it's become like, let's binge eat again. And it's just like you've barely survived crossing the finish line of Christmas. Because, dude, what is the deal with all the like everybody needs to feed everybody? Is this a thing? Like, this is a thing.
0: It is a thing. Well, I think also it's kind of like we we talked about um on, on a recent episode, we talked about how the holidays are just so intertwined with all these meals and all this thing. And I, I think it's just a lack of. It's just habit. It's routine. It's what we all think we're supposed to do. And it just, I think for me, it takes a conscious effort to make a decision that that's not the focus. That's not going to be the focus of this holiday. You know, it comes down to a decision and it's, but it's hard. It's hard.
2: We've survived the eating holidays. Yes. Now let's move forward. So in fact, we could get a jump on our New Year's resolutions and go, if day one is supposed to be radical, why don't we limp into day one on some kind of modified version of whatever we're going to do so it's not so shocking? I know that's difficult, too, because people, you know, don't always want to, you know, this idea is sometimes like, no, I don't do shit in half measures. I certainly never did. So I'm either doing something or I'm not doing something. And if I'm doing something on the first, then I'm going to wait to the first. That's fine. But you don't have to continue to damage yourself with excess food between now and then.
0: Yeah, I I have a couple of questions for you. So number one, do you have any advice? Let's say you're starting a new thing on the first, right? Exercise or food or uh, change or diet or whatever. Do you have any advice on how to get through that first week or for some people it's the first three days or whatever, like if you've been eating a certain way and now you're going to put in some strict discipline and, you know, you can have like, it's hard sometimes to those first days of like pushing yourself through it. Like, okay, I just, I, I can eat at four o'clock again today or I can, da, da, da. and you're like, It's white knuckling or whatever you want to call it. It's just like those few days or a week can be very difficult to start something and stick to it especially if you've been off the rails or something like do you have any advice on how to get through those days?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, I want to say first that I've said many times I hate the word mindfulness mm-hmm. and I hate the word uh, lifestyle change. that's two words, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, these things irritate me but have some truth in them I've found and and can be useful if perceived from not the position of like uh, you know some kind of like a hippie, I don't know why I'm not anti hippies necessarily, but, you know, I think maybe my parents were hippies. So it's this thing I have some association with uh, just like I have my own baggage that I'm bringing with it. So maybe somebody hears this word mindfulness and there's no really cringy connotation that's attached to it. I have that. Another thing that kind of is a a word that is irritating to me is is triggers. Mm. I think I become irritated by this word simply because I find that society today is trying to put the onus of responsibility onto the thing creating the trigger rather than what it's doing to us and how we can be responsible for it. And I don't find that helpful, right? Because I think that if you are out in the world, there's a difference between somebody intentionally trying to fuck you up and somebody just existing in their life. And then making some reference that is upsetting to you for a reason that we don't, we don't have any control over. The only person that has control over that is you. Cause you know, maybe you got hit in the face with a blue ball as a kid. And so now suddenly some guys juggling blue balls and you're like, ah, that's upsetting to me. Cause when I was a kid, I had a bad experience with blue balls and you're like, sorry, dude, I didn't know that, you know, remove yourself from that situation where the blue balls are upsetting you and let people get on with their life. That's my position on triggers. Mm-hmm. While I say that, I think that we can be aware of certain instances that trigger us and try to mitigate those circumstances. If you find that every time you drive by a McDonald's with an open drive through that you wind up in the drive through plan your route, so that you are avoiding McDonald's drive throughs This is kind of what I'm talking about here. Yeah. What can you do to list out all of these things that are going to trip you up on your goals that you're aware of analytically, right? I think some of these things can be subconscious and therefore you might have to figure them out as they're tripping you up, right? Does mm-hmm. this make sense? Like yes. you can sit and list all of these things out, write them down, make a list of like, oh, I find that when I'm grocery shopping while hungry, I buy a bunch of stuff I wouldn't have bought had I been grocery shopping on a full stomach. This is what I'm talking about here. Mm -hmm. It's not the grocery store's fault that they sell Lucky Charms or, you know, non enlightened ice cream that's got 1600 calories per pint or whatever, like maybe some people like that, by the way, some people like Ben and Jerry's, you know, some people don't, it's the grocery stores. It's not responsible for only carrying the food items that are appropriate for you to be eating as determined by you. Mm -hmm. And I think this idea of like trying to bend society to fit our lifestyle To me, that's completely insane, and I think we're just going to get less and less able to exist, right? And so make a list of all the things that trip you up, aka triggers or whatever other word you like for this, and realize while you're making this list that you're not going to get all of them, that there are going to be some that you're not aware of today that are going to hit you. And even if they hit you and they're hitting you in 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 a period where you're failing at something, Try to look at it from this point of view that, oh, now this goes into my conscious mind of a trigger or a scenario that messes me up. And now that I'm aware of it, I'm not going to let that happen again. Okay. Well, what else were you asking?
0: Well, just about how to get through Okay, getting initial through initial days.
2: So recognize that it's going to be hard. Organize your life over those few days in a way.
0: Yeah.
1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com. Uh,
2: if yeah, I'm just coming up with really random things. If, um, y- you know, on day one, you have to take your kids to a soccer game and uh, they serve... Birthday cake. This is such a stupid uh, um, example, but they serve treats at the end of the soccer game and you always eat these treats and you're worried or like Brandy really likes to eat popcorn at a movie theater. She doesn't like to go to the movies and not have popcorn. This is like some connection. I don't give a shit about popcorn. I'd rather eat hot dogs. And I've done enough movies, not eating hot dogs that it just doesn't matter to me anymore. But for her, she really enjoys eating popcorn. So whenever she goes on to a diet, she's like, I'm not going to the movies Mm -hmm. because I want to eat popcorn. Now, I'm sure you can get to a place where you're confident enough to go to the movies while you're dieting. I would say day one If you always eat popcorn at the movies, don't go to the movies on Mm -hmm. day one. Don't go to the movies for the first week or even two, right? Get some time under your belt and organize your life in such a way that you're not going to have situations that you're going to fail in. Do some meal prep. If part of your program is a certain amount of hunger, eat your meals as scheduled. Don't let huge time gaps go in there. You, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If the, it says to eat every three to five hours or something like that, eat every three to five hours. Don't find yourself at 10 hours ordering a Domino's pizza.
0: Yeah. And let's say it's four o'clock. You've had your meal for that time period. You don't get to eat again till six. I'm just making an example. And you're like, you know, you're on the verge of it's Just that thing of like pushing through like making yourself push through. I mean, does it make sense to keep in mind, like it will get better. You're not going to feel this way every day for the first four days, maybe, but not once you're humming along and like your body has to kind of, you know, you've been eating differently. Like, is that something where you just like, keep in mind, it's going to get better?
2: Yeah, I think so. Totally. Um, in uh, recovery, there's a a lot of talk about a day at a time. And I think that the idea is if you find yourself in a moment where you're like going, thinking about regressing into whatever you're trying to stop doing and you go like, I'm just going to get through this day. I'm not going to think about tomorrow. I'm not going to think about forever. Can I get through this day? How do I get through this day? And sometimes a day is too much. And so you go, can I get through this hour? okay, yes, I can. And if an hour is too much, can I get through um, a moment? You know, you can go to whatever is the most confrontable period of time, and then just start stringing those together, not thinking I need to now string 10 million moments together, right? Right. Because then that's overwhelming. But this moment, right? You find yourself and you're trying to get sober, you you sit down at a table and somebody slides, uh, you know, an old CD case with cut up lines of cocaine on it in front of you and it's like holy shit well in this moment can you stand up and walk away right maybe it's still there we're not thinking about that but like how do you get some distance like can you survive that moment or are you automatically bending down to you know do deep breath through your nose of all this powder right And then having a plan that's going to allow you to succeed. If your plan is not going to allow you to succeed, if you're, if you're getting sober from booze on January 1st and you have a job at a bar, this is going to be tough, right? I think you're, you're not necessarily setting your life up now is getting sober at that point. Something that like warrants you getting another job. Like how important is this to you? Right. So I think you got to like, really think all of that through. If you just go like January 1st, I'm going to lose some weight. And then you wake up January 1st and go like, how am I going to do this? I don't know if that's the most successful way to go about it. It hasn't been for me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. And I have another question for you. Okay. So, have you ever experienced this, or you know, maybe you know of people who have, where like, let's say a person was successful on a particular diet, we don't need to name one, let's just say it's diet A. They've been successful in the past with it, and then they kind of go off and they gain some weight back, or I guess it could even be a workout program, but let's just keep it to diet for a minute. They put some weight back on, and now they know, oh, I got to get back. And they have a hard time kind of restarting that same diet, even though it worked before, like have you, you well
1: know, this
2: this again, what what we're talking about here to me is not a failure of the diet. It's right. a failure of really making a determination on what you want long term. Mm. again, if the diet's successful, fine. What happens on day one of I'm not on this diet anymore? Are you making a new plan for well, because? Maintaining your weight is a whole other thing, it has yeah. nothing to do generally with the diet. It's a whole other, basically, diet. It's you got to train yourself. We're talking about long term life stuff, right? Where mm-hmm. Diets are short term things. So if you don't mind gaining and losing weight repeatedly, fine, do that. Just think about the diet, just finish the diet, get through it and then just live your life the way you were prior and most likely gain the weight back and be confronted with the fact that you got to just do the diet again. If that's what you want to do, do that. But if your whole point is like, I don't want to play this game anymore. I don't fucking game sucks. In my opinion, (laughs) it's miserable. It's why we now have diet culture and like a whole backlash against diet culture where like you know they don't even call diet soda diet soda anymore like i know there's diet coke and diet pepsi but like it's no longer diet a and w root beer which is my personal favorite it's now sugar free or zero sugar like the word diet is now got this bad connotation on it and i'm like this is so stupid again you got a bunch of people that have failed at having long-term success with diets. So now dieting is upsetting to them. And so we're going to change society rather than going like, what what have I done to create this thing, right? What what part of my life can I be responsible for in uh, looking at this situation and going, I have an unhealthy relationship with diets because I'm only planning for short-term success. And then I've got to fucking do this diet again and dieting's hard and so now I don't want to hear about diets anymore and it's like this this to me is stupid. I like Diet A&W root beer to be honest with you. This sugar-free, I'm like checking like is are they sneaking in some carbs or calories here? Like it worries me that it's called zero sugar, right? Because is sugar really the only thing that has calories in soda maybe probably but you know, like, where's my diet A&W root beer? You know what I mean? And then you go yeah. through the section of, of I, I don't really like to drink a lot of diet soda, but it's not even diet soda anymore. The majority of it is just zero sugar. Like you, it's not even fucking called diet so. And this, <laughs> to me, I go like, okay, but this is some stupid game people are playing with words, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's really all has the same purpose. It's the same, same, same shit. It's the same thing, Yeah.
2: Yeah, are you drinking are you really like I think Diet A&W root beer or sorry, zero sugar A&W root beer is delicious. Prior to being a person who gave a shit about how much energy I was putting in my body, I never would have chosen sugar-free soda or diet soda. I never would have. It it mm-hmm. tasted like shit the first time you tasted it, right? <laughs> right? I don't think generally that's the way it works. They're not capturing people with this idea that um it tastes better they're (laughs) capturing people with the idea that it has less energy than the soda with sugar in it and what is the word for restrictive intake of energy the word is diet right that's a definition of that word and so now we have this culture quote unquote the culture of restrictive energy and it's like yeah when you have 10 billion calories for $2 at the gas station, maybe we need to restrict the energy we're putting in our bodies a little bit. Because when you are just overdoing it, it's not always a good outcome. Okay. I don't even remember what you asked me at first that we were talking
0: about. I was asking you about um, if you think that Uh, basically like doing a diet that worked before, does it work if you do it again, kind of a thing. But you have such a good point in, I mean, what I took from it is like, let's think long-term Let's not just think about, yeah, if you want to be on the roller coaster of lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, sure. Do whatever diet, it, like you always say, taking it off is easy. It's the maintenance part of it. That's not.
2: And and what if we're looking at this? And 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 again, I know from years of experience where it's like, no, I can eat 500 calories a day and lose 40 pounds in a month or something yeah. about that. Yeah, About 40 pounds, I think I, more than a pound a day. Like I remember getting on a scale. And if I hadn't lost a pound from the day before, I was like, shit, got to do an apple day or some other stupid thing where you're like, I'm stalled. I'm on a plateau, right? I did a (laughs) whole day without losing weight, not thinking, did I oversalt my food or anything else? Right. And yeah, I get that compulsion to want that outcome immediately. But if you're Stepping back a little bit and taking a broader view and going, what do I want long term? Do I want to never do this diet again because I never gain this weight back? Then it becomes about your life. And if it becomes about your life, hopefully you've got quite a few years in the tank. And if that's the case, then what's the problem with slowing it way down, taking your time, throwing in maintenance periods, which really teach you how to live, not quote unquote dieting, right? Because it's a point where you're not restricting. wait, maybe you're mentally restricting intake of energy because you have the desire to consume more energy than your body needs. But the whole idea is that there's no restriction, but there's also no surplus, right? Mm -hmm. You're literally just eating the amount of food that your body requires to live. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do that on my own. I need to practice that. I need a lot of practice at that. So why not throw that into the diet in the middle of it? Why not take a break from the diet? Like, I, you know, I think there are also, I, I don't believe in one size fits all. So a dude who weighs 600 pounds, maybe I go like, yeah, let's start you off on some liquids, right? Let's really, we can knock off. 80 to hundred pounds in a couple months. And you're going to be, you're not going to damage your internal organs. And, and then we're going to do a maintenance period. And then we're going to do a, a whole different diet. And then we're, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's a little bit different than a gal who's gained and lost the same. I don't know why I said a gal, just because I'm talking to you, but you yeah. gained and lost the same 20 pounds for the last, however many years. Right. I, I yeah. think those are two different scenarios, but if you're going into something and you're like, fuck, I want to lose these 20 pounds again. My suggestion is take your time. Think about your whole life, right? Because for me, it was much more than 20 pounds. I was gaining and losing 100 pounds, right? That was the or, or even more sometimes. And um, it's just devastating to have to reconfront losing that 100 pounds again you know and i imagine yeah. it's devastating having to lose that 20 pounds again too i'm not taking away from that
0: no no i hear you and why <laughs> is it so hard why does it take so much longer to lose it than it does to put it on it's the dumbest question in the world but like I don't, literally- it it- I don't think
2: it does i don't think it does
0: okay okay
2: here 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 uh-uh. here's what i'm going to say okay i can gain easy 10 pounds overnight this is not fat. This is water. Mm. So if we're talking about, I could also dehydrate myself and lose that 10 pounds or even more. Like I think a gallon of water weighs about eight pounds. I would have no problem gaining or losing a gallon of water in a day. Really no problem. If we're talking about fat, developing fat, creating fat in your body, it is not harder it does not take it's not faster to gain it than it is to lose it
0: hmm okay why does it feel harder for some people
2: <laughs> well for one your body is working against giving up the savings account of energy
0: uh, so yeah. there's
2: number one number two you're going to see fluctuations on the scale with water that might lead you to believe I gained ten pounds over Christmas. Now in literal terms, that's true because you get on the scale on Christmas Eve and you're, you know, whatever. I don't know what people weigh that are normal people. I'm so much heavier than normal people that I say, no, I like think of these numbers and they're somewhat meaningless to me, but like you get on the scale at a hundred pounds, you have a crazy meal on Christmas the next day you're 110 pounds and you're like, I gained 10 pounds over Christmas. No, you know, you would have to literally eat 35,000 calories in excess. And, and even then I think your body at some point is going to get overwhelmed and just start not absorbing them anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't know of any human being that's been able to do that in a day. So in Mm -hmm. literal terms, yes, You got on the scale one day, the next day you weighed X much more and you could say with a straight face, I gained blah. Yeah. Okay. It's water. That's not fat. It takes time to gain fat and it takes time to lose fat. Okay. And if you stop eating carbohydrates, but are still consuming an excess of energy, you are going to weigh less without burning any fat. You have to consume less energy then your body is using in order to tap into the fat stores. Doesn't matter how you're eating. Your body is not going to consume its fat as energy if you're giving it a surplus of energy, but you can dehydrate yourself. You can stop eating salt and carbohydrates actually, uh, I believe hold five times the water of salt. So you can stop eating carbohydrates and you can purge your system of water. That's not fat. You're not losing fat. I, I, you know, so I don't think it's longer to gain weight than it is to lose weight. I actually think it's, you can lose weight much quicker
0: hmm. than gain.
2: I, I believe so. Yeah.
0: Okay. But I but mean, to your point, what kind of weight are you losing? Are you losing well, fat? Or are you losing water? Are you like-
2: yeah, but also um, just think about it in, in mean terms. You have to consume and, and we use these stupid metrics of calories, right? Which means the temperature that a unit of energy has to be heated in order to be used as energy, right? And so we're thinking about the body as a machine and you're putting in an excess of 3,500 calories in order to create one pound of fat. Do you have any idea how much food that is? Not really. Well, like when you're on a diet, what do you tend to eat? What's what's a, what's, a, what's the least restrictive diet? What are around your calories?
0: Oh, I guess you could say 1,200 to 1,500 calories a day for someone who's, you know, an average person trying to lose weight. I'm just making up the average part, but yeah, 1,200 okay. to 1,500.
2: So if it's 1,500, then you have to eat literally four times that much. Mm. And on 1,500 calories, are you starving? 1,500 calories for a girl is is low, but it's not nothing. Right. And so you'd have to literally quadruple the size of your meals to mm-hmm. gain a pound of fat. That's, that's hard work.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, that's, that actually does put it in perspective. Maybe I that-
2: weigh 270 pounds mm-hmm. and I don't even eat 3,500 calories a day. I eat right? around 3,000, maybe 3,200. It's a lot of food. It's a huge amount of food.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I couldn't double it. I couldn't eat double that in a day. Yeah. So it's okay. time. You got time, right? Yeah. Okay. So, but you're, but, but at the same time, your body doesn't want you to be doing this. You're also dealing with all the habits that you have that are, Accustomed to something, and then all the emotions that are attached to it, where stuff's comforting, and you're no longer being comforted by this stuff. So there's a lot working against you. I'm not saying it's not harder; certainly harder. It's much easier to just eat junk food and not exercise and not think about any of this shit. That's much easier, but it doesn't have to be longer or faster. I'm just saying, like, if we want to have a life where we're not doing diets, we got to think. In, in longer terms than I just need to lose weight. And we also should just like, I don't think it's a good idea to arrive at January 1st and go, I'm going to figure it all out on January 1st. I also don't think it's a great plan or tactic to arrive at the end of your diet and go, I'm going to figure it out after I'm done dieting. Well, okay. I just don't think that's going to be successful. It was yeah. never successful for me.
0: No, you're, look, you're totally right. If I've learned one thing from you and from this, you know, getting to talk to you and hear your podcast with others and so on and so forth, it is this point of like, if you don't have a plan for maintenance, you will just gain it back. Like the, it's just, just, most
2: people, most people.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and you said earlier, yo-yo dieting, like, it's, yeah, it is actually crazy. And it takes like, I just think, yeah, if you want to live a long, healthy life, as I always joke, I want us all to live to 104 together, but like, cool. How much longer can one just do the up and down, up and down, up and down? So that, but what you're saying about sort of like slowing it down and it doesn't have to all happen in the next, you know, whatever, let's say you have, I'm going to lose 15 pounds by this date or whatever. but Uh, you know, that, that is, that is a real, uh, decision. I think you would have to make like, okay, I'm in this for the long haul for health. I want my goal to be X, Y, Z, and I want to sustain it. And I, you know, whatever it's a decision to go, okay, I'm not going to just be worried about instant gratification. And I'm not, not to say, don't use the scale, not to say, don't keep track. Not, you know, obviously all these things help your progress, but like Man, I don't know. I'm just thinking about it myself. And I'm like, that is a decision. Do you see what I'm saying?
2: A hundred percent. And I look at it this way. Whatever your goal is, like your new year's resolution, what would it take to, to have success with it by the time we get to next year's new year's, not saying it has to take you that long to arrive there, but to arrive at new year's, having not fucked this goal up. having not regressed, like you're there still. So now you're running into next year's new years and you're able to create a whole new goal that isn't just repeating one that you've might've repeated for a few years in a row. That's what I'm saying. What does that take? It looks a whole lot different than I'm doing whole 30 or I'm doing 75 hard. And I think those are both really cool programs. Mm -hmm. But I think the goal of like, I'm not only going to, get to some place I want to get to, but I'm going to be there still on January 1st of 2023, right? That's what I'm talking about. And I think it really requires a little bit more thought and a little bit more planning. And fuck, you got a whole year to do it. Like you got plenty of time. And that's that's really what I'm talking about.
0: I really love that. Like you just summed it all up. And that is so, yeah, I really love what you're saying. This is so, this is a great, great convo. Yeah,
2: I hope uh, everyone is successful in all of their endeavors. Paige, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.
0: for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts,